Okay, can you speak to your um, microphone? Yeah. Testing one, two, three. Yes. Oh, That's good. They are really good. They are really good. Okay. So, welcome to another episode of our podcast, mm -hmm. Live Ministry and Missions. We are here at Compassion Connection and we have a really cool guest that has gone all over the world. Uh, his name is Mike Gunn. He's a church planter, a pastor, a missionary. So, thank you for coming and for doing this. It's my pleasure. It's always great being here, too. So, Mike, tell us who you are and what do you do right now? Yeah, at the moment, I've got an organization called the Antioch Initiative, which basically, for the most part, goes around uh, into uh, hard-to-reach areas and help train pastors. And just, I think a, a vision is to really have just healthy church plants mm -hmm. throughout the world. And obviously, um, there are places in the world that people really have a hard time um, with resources, you know, uh, whether it be education or our biblical resources. Mm -hmm. and so that's, that, that's more where I gear my time now. And, um, and I'm doing that more full full time. Mm -hmm. In the past, I, I have planted a few churches and actually sent people to plant churches and been on varying boards to plant churches. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a, a definitely a passion. Um, and, and I've been a pastor uh, for gosh, 35, 40 years. I mean, wow. a long time. So, um, but currently, I'm 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 traveling a lot um, mm -hmm. in different parts of the world. Where have you gone? Uh, at least 22, 23 countries. Wow. I've been to six of the seven continents. Um, I, I think most of my time is in uh, parts of Africa, mm -hmm. um, in Asia, um, in the Middle East. Those okay. are where, you know, some of the uh, developing countries are and so on. So I, I do a lot in India, um, Nepal. Um, I lived in Turkey for a while, mm. um, DR Congo. Zambia. I mean, I've been to many, many countries. Everywhere. Yeah, we just came from Nepal. I just, I just did a trip. So we were two places in India. Uh, then we went to Kenya. Mm -hmm. And then I went to Pakistan. Mm -hmm. Then we went to Nepal. And now we're wow, here. Wow, <laughs> it's just from yeah. here to another. There were like literally a week or two in between trips. So I mean, wow. So. Which one, which of these places do you think it's the hardest one? Um, I, I think... Probably Pakistan. Um, although the places like it's interesting, India is uh, and Turkey are, are really becoming really hard. Mm -hmm. I think I think Turkey's hard for different reasons. Mm -hmm. and, and now there's more of a, a nationalist government that's yeah. shutting down some some of that kind of work. That's true of India too. There's mm -hmm. na uh, nationalism is on the rise all, mm -hmm. everywhere, yes. and um, and both those countries have really um, stopped a lot of work, Christian type mm -hmm. work. And so they're hard. Pakistan's hard for other reasons. Um, Christians, Christians are very, in a sense, fearful um, mm -hmm. because they do have laws that um, that, that, that get applied to them unfairly yeah. sometimes, and, mm -hmm. and that's caused some problems. So Christians tend to stay away from reaching reaching out to Muslims. They mm -hmm. they reach out to non-Muslims, and they do a good job there. But and so that there's hard, there's it's hard there. But I think. Now, Turkey and India have been a place that's becoming harder and harder for, for people. So when you travel there, what does it look like? Like when you go and take the trip across the world, yeah. uh, what do you do? Yeah, and so a lot like this, sometimes what I try to connect with, with is somebody that's indigenous that has something happening. So they might have a Bible college, they might have a training okay. center, or they're just church planners and they have X amount that are mm -hmm. church planning with them and they're looking for training mm -hmm. and resources. And um, 
So for the most part, that's what I do. I, I help train in, um, you know, different, sometimes different theological things or mm-hmm. hermeneutics, um, but or church planning and, and just helping and consult in those ways. Yeah. That's generally what I do. Um, there's times like I, I do go to a pl- uh, I go to Jordan, mm-hmm. in the Middle East, and that's predominantly working with uh, refugees, so Syrian refugees. So we, I do some of that sometimes, but that's not predominantly what my organization does. Mm-hmm. Um, we're usually doing some form of training, and sometimes right. like in Nepal, it's you know it's it's there's uh, it's in the middle of nowhere. You know, um, uh, well the one in the Himalayas in India was you fly in to a obscure place and you uh-huh. drive 13 hours into the mountains oh wow yeah it's so time. yeah and then hike into you know so it's you know I'm, a lot of times i'm just working with with, with that and it mm-hmm. might be pastors uh or it might even be um church people that don't get any kind of resources mm, yeah and so they come because they want to hear the bible taught when you so, were when you were like a church planter and also a pastor when was the time or the moment that you said okay i am going to shift my calling to go to international yeah. places and give resources to these people yeah it's, it's a good question i know exactly the shift in 1999 my friend from seminary who's indian mm-hmm. um he always talked about going back to to his home area and be, becoming a church planner he had all this vision mm-hmm. and and that was like in the late 80s. And then wow. late 90s, he gets a hold of me and says, hey, um, we're going to do this first training. Well, that's turned into this very large ministry. They've planned mm. like 600 churches. Oh, and wow. I've trained you know, well over 1,000 of his guys. Mm-hmm. And um, it was really then, and I was pastoring a church that I, that I, I was like, you know, this is, this is important. Uh, I feel tugged that way. And so for the next... Gosh, 10 years or more, um, I I was still pastoring, but I was still doing this kind of work. So I'd be gone, you know, maybe four, five, six, up to eight weeks a year mm. overseas. And um, at the same time, in, in the place I was living in America, um, we... We were doing a lot of ministry in the community, and our community has a lot of Muslims from different areas. Oh, wow. So we started working with Muslims, and we'd work with imams, and uh, we'd go to mosques. And, mm-hmm. and and I was surrounded by a lot of Muslims in the place I live. And so my heart really started reaching out to, mm-hmm. you know, one point something billion people in the world mm-hmm. are Muslims. And, um, and I've really come to realize 99.9% of Muslims are great people. And mm. um, unfortunately, they get the bad rep because of the mm-hmm. few crazies. Yeah, they... and, um, and, and so that's, I actually moved to a Muslim setting for a few years. And um, so I've, I've done a lot with Muslim ministries. Mm-hmm. But also Hindu and Buddhist has been another one I've been working with. But I just really have heart for uh, Muslims. And so it was really that moment that I was like, I'm going to do this. And yeah. so then I became a director of a particular church planning organization, mm-hmm. uh, international director, not the director. Um, I kind of started it, and I started building relationships with people overseas. Mm-hmm. And that's where it kind of just started growing. Wow. And so then I went overseas for a few years and started working with some of them, and it just kind of started growing. <laughs> then okay. I came back to the United States, was a pastor for another six years, mm-hmm. But I was still doing some of that work, and now I'm doing it more full-time. So what are the things that you didn't expect coming into this new area of missions that you thought, oh, maybe maybe this I didn't think about when I was like planning and thinking, and then you were in the mission field or like planning all these things? And That's a like, good wow. question. Um, I loved, I, I don't like flying, but I love traveling. <laughs> I, like, yeah, I go yeah. into places, 
And I actually really enjoy cultures. Yeah. But what you don't expect is that, well, you expect cultures to be different. That's not, that, that's not the expectation. But how different and how, and this is where I really began to realize how our culture shapes us. Mm. So I'm shaped by an American culture. Yeah. I'm shaped by a white culture. I'm, I'm very shaped by that. So I have to start thinking about what are some things I do that are really cultural and not biblical? So that's where I started doing a lot of writing on that. And I've written and a, book. a book. Yes, yes, I wrote a book on that. Because I think what really got to me was how different the cultures are. Now, in some ways, we're, we're humans. We're exactly the same. But there's so many interesting cultural differences. Like even living yeah. in another culture and using public transportation mm -hmm. um, and the way some of these cultures do where they'll put... 50 people on a bus that seats 10, you know, it's like, yes. and it's hot and it's humid. And I'm just not used to that. You know, America, mm -hmm. we're, we're space people, you know? Yeah. And so I was really taken back with some of those things. Mm -hmm. um, even with ministering to people and how shame on our cultures mm -hmm. work differently. So when you're ministering to somebody or even coaching, cause I did coach football in a, in a particular country, mm -hmm. Um, you do it differently because of how they understand what you're accomplishing, trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. Some take it like you're attacking them when you're not. Wow. Because if you do it publicly because of shame, honor. Mm -hmm. So if you're talking to someone in public um, and in coaching a lot of times, of course, you're in public, mm -hmm. you have to really watch how you're, you're going about that. So you start shaping yourself around the people mm -hmm. and how you minister to the people, how you speak to the people and realize that it's not the same as you would do it in America. That is so interesting because sometimes we think, okay, this is the gospel, this is the message and I'm going to go to this yes. place. And just and tell the just message. Tell the message yes. and that's it and hope that they are safe. Right. But it's all these other environmental yes. things that shape it. Yes. And I, I think I was reading the other day like on a book that it says how in Ethiopia they believe that Mary gave birth to Jesus with yes. a bunch of women oh. around them. Because in Ethiopia, that is how women yeah. used to give birth. Exactly. Like with a bunch of women. So then that shaped the way that they read yes. some of the scriptures. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's very interesting to to go and also understand that. And not yeah. many churches in the States really focuses on that. It's just, no. okay, let's go and do the message. Oh, absolutely. That's kind of what a lot of my book's about is understanding the gospel and how much the culture's affected our understanding of it. Mm -hmm. And then now we're exporting something that might be more American than actually gospel. Mm -hmm. and, and really understanding that and then, then putting it in its context. Yeah. And so a lot of people look at contextualization and say, well, that's you shouldn't contextualize. It's, yeah, you know, you're yeah. dumbing down the gospel. And it's like, no, it's a misunderstanding of it. Contextualization is not dumbing it down. It's, it's making it clear so people mm -hmm. understand it. And so I, I, I use an analogy that the, the gospel is like water. So H2O is water. Mm -hmm. It, you can't change the compound of that. It becomes something different. Mm -hmm. But when you put it in a different container, it takes a different shape. And, and I think that's a, a pretty good analogy. Mm -hmm. It's the same message, but it has to be heard within the, the hearing of the people yeah. and how they understand that. Can you, can you make an example, for example, with Muslim people? Like, how would you present the message, the gospel? Yeah, that's actually a good one. I, I really work on grace because grace isn't something that's... They're really big on submission. Matter of mm -hmm. fact, the, the concept of, um, of Islam is to submit. 
And there's there's a lot of biblical aspects of, yes, we are to submit to God. And so a lot of their issues is the submission to God. And there's a good piece there. Mm -hmm. But what they don't have is the issue of grace Mm. with God. And so as an example, it was interesting. I I did coach American football there. Mm -hmm. And um, I had a guy that was actually more of a nationalist uh, Mm -hmm. Muslim. Good guy, really good guy. He's one of my favorite players. Um, and we went to play a game out of the country, and um, we flew in early in the morning, and we're going to mm-hmm. practice in the evening. And we told everyone, look, you can do anything you want during the day, but we do a practice at night, so just you know, rest because we flew all night. And um, this was a guy who was a captain of our team. Mm-hmm. And there, in this particular country, he if, if you miss practice or you were late, it's really, it's like, that's, that's a shame. So they're yeah. going to punish you. There's mm-hmm. a lot of punishing. Mm-hmm. And we don't operate in that way. So anyways, he missed practice. But he came late. It was actually the last few minutes. And he was devastated because his mindset is, I'm a captain of this team. Uh, you can't. So he, he begged me to punish him. Really? Begged me. And I said, bro, this is not who you are. Mm-hmm. This is, don't worry about it. You, okay, you screwed up. I appreciate you mm-hmm. repenting, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So later on the night, I see him. He comes up. He goes, Coach, you have to punish me. Mm, wow. Yeah. So he kept I, in that. Yes. That he wanted me to healed. run him or do push-ups or something. <laughs> I don't know what he wanted. And mm. I said and I, I, I said to him, look, I said, what I'm giving to you is grace. Mm-hmm. You don't deserve this. You mm. deserve the punishment. Mm. Right? I, I said, right? He goes, yes. Mm-hmm. I said, well, I am giving you grace. I'm giving you an undeserved gift. Mm-hmm. And I said, do you know what grace is? And he, he said, yes, but he didn't. <laughs> and I think it's it's one of those things that it, it ingrained into a lot of Muslims isn't this concept of grace. Mm-hmm. It's a concept of submiss- submitting to Allah. Mm-hmm. And so where that is good, and that's a point of contact, mm-hmm. yes, we are to submit to God. Yeah. There's a sense of we don't always do it the way we ought to. We, mm-hmm. we sin. We, we need repentance. So yeah. I think focusing on that, I, I, I've been with imams. Mm. I talk a lot about the issue of grace with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had imams explain salvation as weights and measures and good yeah. and bad and, and, um, and the mercy of Allah. And I'm like, mm. well, where's the justice of Allah? I mean, so that justice goes onto the cross. Mm-hmm. So that's the other thing I focus on. And the cross is something that, Muslims don't believe in. Mm-hmm. They believe a lot of good things about Jesus, but they don't believe he went to the cross. Mm-hmm. And so ultimately, you do have to go to that place because um, they don't have a payment for sin. Mm. There's this kind of do good works and Allah is merciful. This, yeah. And how have you seen it, the culture shaping the gospel in the States or in this part of the world that okay. we are, there's no persecution, there's yeah. more like not, not too many, like religion now is like, well, you can yeah. believe whatever you want and I can believe whatever I want. Yeah. Well, in America, which I'm kind of writing on right now, America for sure is shaped by a lot of American values. Some of those values are good. I mean, it's not like values of freedom and they're not mm-hmm. bad values, but they're shaped in such a way that Americans, particularly now that we're many years into America now, we're a comfortable nation. There mm-hmm. is basically no persecution. And so we begin to defend what I find what a lot of believers, even solid people, they begin to defend American values more so than the gospel. Um, the gospel does call for sacrifice. Mm-hmm. It really does. And it, and it does call for submission. There is issues there that the gospel calls for. And the American church is looking more for in many ways to me is comfort or 
the gospel I hear preached is more therapeutic. Mm -hmm. So the gospel is going to help you with whatever. Um, and sure, there's there's benefits from Jesus, but that's not the gospel. Um, the gospel is you are woefully broken mm -hmm. and Christ had to come to pay for that. Mm -hmm. And that justified God's ability to bring you in his presence. Mm -hmm. And that's becoming harder and harder in America because that's not the gospel. We're, we're way more into a how to be a better person or so on and so yeah. on and or how to even be a better American unfortunately mm -hmm. um, and so we fight for constitutional rights mm -hmm. which in of itself is not wrong I'm not against that but it's not the gospel mm -hmm. and I think oftentimes unfortunately we conflate the two because I mean Jesus himself said they're gonna hate you because they hate me mm. Paul says if you live a godly life you'll be persecuted mm -hmm. And yet we have a gospel in America that's way more looking to our comfort. Mm -hmm. um, even how we pray. We pray for um, the right job because we don't want anything bad to happen to us, you know. Yeah. But God could give us yeah. a job that shapes us, you know. Yes. And so we don't, we're looking to, in many ways, to use God to, mm. to, to be comfortable, to make sure things are okay. Unfortunately, in this world, things aren't always okay. Yeah, that is know? so that is so important. Like the right perspective on who God is and who who we are in yeah. Him, and I think it's so easy to to give this speech that is like I heard the other day is a pop gospel. Yes. Like yes. you just love yourself and then God loves yes. you and you can love others yes. because you love yourself and you love God. Yeah. But then you can see that the point and the protagonism is not in Christ. On Christ, yeah. it's on us yes. as human beings how as you said like how yeah. can be better people yeah. or better americans or better i don't know uh, parents and those are good things good but things. they are not Absolutely. like the core of exactly it. there's a uh, christian smith he's a sociologist like notre dame i think mm -hmm. he he coined a term it, it, he did this research on i think american youth but he said american church is really about more uh moralistic therapeutic deism yes. and I, I love the term because I think that's where America has become we're very moralistic in the sense of you know we're going to be good better this better that better this but also it's it's a therapy mm -hmm. because God's going to wipe out all our problems yeah. mentally uh, and then deistically is God is not he's not really as important he's there but he's not and I think that's a real truth in American Christianity right now yeah. that, that, that there's a general truth there that God isn't this guy that's just there for you he's there for his own glory and the this the, the effect of that is for our joy mm -hmm. because he created us to glorify him and and he reconnects that through Christ mm -hmm. and so God's not looking for us to be more religious He's looking at us to be reconnected to him in Christ. And when we do that, it's when we really get to see who we are. Mm -hmm. We're we're woefully broken at the same time loved by a God that sent his son. Yeah, and, and now like you can see that we find meaning not in Christ or in yes. God. We have just deleted him yeah. and we have find meaning in ourselves like yes. what do i feel what does it make me feel yes. good and if i feel it then therefore it's truth and i read i don't know if you have read this um it's a sociologist too and a philosopher his name is called truman oh yeah Carl truman. he's great explaining mm -hmm. about the therapeutic 
therapeutic individual that he believes that everything is on him. Like the significance comes from him and from his own experience. That's why abortion, that's why transgenderism, like all these other fruits, you would say, of this thinking have have now invaded everything. Even like, even churches. Yeah. Well, yeah, it comes out of an existential philosophy of we come into a world, a a crazy world with no meaning. Mm -hmm. And so we have to create meaning and identity. Whereas if we believe that God created us, he created us with identity, his image, and that's marred in the fall and re-imaged in Christ. And without that, yeah, we're stuck with, where's my meaning? Where's my purpose? Where's my identity? Mm -hmm. And so I can see why much of the world uh, feels that, hey, this is my identity. You can't say I'm wrong because that's my identity. Mm-hmm. And yet, if there's a God that created us with his identity, that's that's the issue that I think is in between us and uh, our mental health and all mm-hmm. kinds of issues. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's I think that's man's biggest problem. Mm-hmm. You know, Jeremiah 13 is God says, my people have committed two evils. Mm-hmm. They've rejected me, the fountain of living water, and created for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. And the idea is that when we reject God in any way, through religion, through whatever, we recreate our meaning somewhere because we are created to worship. We're created to have meaning. And so when we have a philosophy that has no meaning, we, we're going to create it. We, we have to because we can't exist without Wow! Thank you so much, Mike. Yeah. And I, I really appreciate talking to you. You are like a, you're like a library. Oh. <laughs> and, it, well. and I was thinking, okay, I am going to go in this in this direction, like church planting, and everything. But now this is so much better because it talks specifically to something that we as Christians needs to be need to be aware of. Yeah, like absolutely. we need to be aware of all these things. We need to be aware of culture. Absolutely. The the gospel is not something that is dead or like words and that's it and I'm giving right. you a pamphlet. Yeah. No, it has to be close yeah. to the people. And God show us that in Christ. Absolutely. Christ did not came like just in different parts of the world and that's it as some as Mormonism I think it says. Yes, yes. No, he came to in a specific time and a specific culture and a specific people. So yes. we have to to read the gospel through that and also Absolutely. Yes, so thank you so much. Can you um, tell the people that are listening to us what is the name of your organization and if you have any social media or so they can follow? Yeah, the Enoch Initiative which is the website is Enoch dash initiative.com but I have I only have Instagram and okay. that is the Antioch Initiative okay yeah. there's other organizations called that by the way <laughs> so mine is the Antioch dash uh, initiative. initiative it's like compassion connection yeah. they confuse us with co- uh, compassion, compassion. International. international yes yeah. yeah no thank you so much sure. my gun awesome okay